becomes like a fleeting memory. Whatever you grab just turns to dust. Like eye contact with a stranger straight around the corner. It's a dream that you to be real. Passing those of the songs. All right, you ready for this? I think so. All right, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go to the shores. To the shores. To the shores. Cheers. 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 Allison Vacklin. That was a third chink. Welcome back. I'm back. It's been too long. It's been way long. Glad you're here. Don't remember the last time I was here. I do remember it, but I don't remember when it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the last two years are a time warp, so... That's true. Yeah. Time has been constant, and yet (laughs) not constant (laughs) at all. (laughs) Um, Anyway, but thank you for having me back. Very glad you're here. Integrating me into your well-oiled system of podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we definitely have a system for sure. We do. (laughs) It is funny, like, we've been doing this just you and I for so long that I think, I don't think we've realized how well-oiled we've become in, like, in the way that we set up the podcast. Mm -hmm. Like, we each have our tasks that we do, but we've never, like, articulated who's supposed to do what. Yeah. But we do exactly (laughs) the same things every week. Exactly. I I can tell even by, like, asking questions in the middle of it, I'm like, ooh, I'm throwing a wrench in the system. (laughs) It's like we were at Specs today, and then Matt and I always go to the aisle and get our things and check out. And Allison's like, oh, let's look for some chocolate. <laughs> How about something to the drink? <laughs> I added, like, four minutes to a precise, like, 3.3, 33-second process. That's the truth. Yeah, you did. So thank you. But you change everything for the better. For yeah. the flexibility. Well, mm-hmm. we'll see about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, usually we do see about it. I think, actually, the episode... I, it's not the last one you were on, but uh, I think it was at the beginning of the pandemic at some point. We had an a- episode called Accessing the Ancient with mm-hmm. Allison Vaclav. And it could have just been the alliteration in the title, but it's been one of our most popular episodes. Aww. <laughs> well, that's sweet. It was a really good episode. Yeah, it yeah. was. Also, today is a very special day. Yeah, it's like a International Pancake Day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Negative. Negative. Oh, that's not what it is. <laughs> you two have been married today for two decades. Two decades. Twenty years. Yep. Yep. She's uh, put up with me for two decades. That's amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like really incredible. Yeah. I mean, not so incredible that you've accomplished it. I mean, maybe relative to sort of like the statistics, mm-hmm. that that is maybe something to to point out is like, hey, well mm-hmm. done. But just you've united in your life for 20 years regardless of how however many other people accomplish that it's like that seems really worthy of celebrating yeah thank you it is it's interesting it's interesting it feels feels a little surreal um but yeah this night 20 years ago i Mm. was in my wedding dress Mm -hmm. I was off. I don't know. Didn't say not, not yet. It's only eight forty-five. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yeah, dancing. Oh, and it's just wild to think of the vows hmm. that you make, but you really have no idea what you're committing yourself to. <laughs> yeah. At all. Did y'all write your own vows, or did you? 
repeat after me style. We repeated after uh, Rod, but we did write our. What was the thing where you you write those things beforehand? Those are vows. Also, those things beforehand. Yeah, yeah you, you like say something. Generally, vows. Yeah. Do you? Do either of you remember what the other person said to you in no. your vows? No clue. <laughs> no. no clue. Oh. <laughs> this feels so cliche. Like, uh, totally, just totally forgetting. I know that we each addressed the audience and our parents. That's true. Directly. Yeah. During the ceremony, and that felt meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam and, and Jim. I mean, I basically have a real hard time speaking out loud when I'm emotional. So whatever I said, I was probably sobbing and you could barely understand me anyway. (laughs) We have a video, though. We can go back and watch. Yeah, probably should. We haven't watched it in like 10 years, probably. Because we don't have any devices that play CDs anymore. Yeah, totally. You mean DVDs? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's a CD. CD is audio only. Yeah. Okay. I suppose, yeah. Old school, I'm just old saying. School. Yeah. Old school. At least it wasn't VHS. Like, we're, we're past that. <laughs> we <laughs> do have some camcorder so you, footage. Uh, true. You got married in 2002, mm-hmm. which is basically pre-internet. Yeah. It's pre-web 2.0. Mm-hmm. Pre-social. There was no social media. There was no mm-hmm. YouTube. Mm-mm. <clears throat> It was like, you could get online via AOL, Then you might have had a cell phone that we was had, like a flip phone. I had a Yahoo account. He had a Hotmail account. Uh-huh. Ooh, Hotmail. <laughs> and when we were dating, we had a significant period of like travel. We were apart from each other. And so we would write really long emails. Hmm. Like, long emails. When was the last time you wrote a long email? Gosh, I've been avoiding doing that forever. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Probably also was the last one I wrote. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that yeah. Do you feel like we've lost something in that? Like we don't sit down and articulate our thoughts in written, like long form written mm. form very often anymore? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, like most of our communication these days is done via text. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we probably, our attention span even is probably way less than it used to be. Hmm. I haven't written you a very long email since, <laughs> since then. No, uh-uh. We were dating. Well, I was just thinking about like, I don't know what in communicating in general, like outside of a conversation with somebody like in person, having a long form of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of our non in-person conversations like other than in-person conversations, most of our communication, I think, happens via text or just observing people we know on social media, mm-hmm. which is like a weird form of communication, but it is a form of communication. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Just not personal. <clears throat> what would it be like if both of you decided to sit down and write each other a long email, reflecting on the last twenty years? Hmm. It'd be interesting. I think I might need a prompt, though. <laughs> There's just so much, so much content, right? Um, 
I think it'd be easier for you than would it be for me though. Probably. Cause that right there just like terrifies me. Really? <laughs> totally. Like how so? I don't know. Just like, how do you communicate like that? All, you know, like so long of a letter. Hmm. <laughs> you used to do it, right? How'd you do it then? Well, I only did it one time, really. It was like one when, email. <laughs> well, like when she was in uh, she was in Chile and I was in uh, in uh, Italy, like we did it that time. But outside, of that, I don't know if I've really. You've written, written me letters. Not true. Okay. Yeah, I still have that. Uh, I guess you should have it. But I had that diary that I was writing to you in. Mm-hmm. I went back and looked at that the other day, well, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And since that, we did that one year, I wrote almost every single day. And then since then, there's probably like 12 entries over like <clears throat> 10 years. Yeah. Oh, I know. I did the same thing. Our first year of marriage, I wrote a journal entry every day, something I loved about you. Uh-huh. And that was all you got. <laughs> 365 things. Well, that's all. That's pretty good, though. <laughs> that's a lot of things, though. It's enough for me it for is, a lifetime. It's challenging. <laughs> I mean, not that you. It's challenging. Toward the end, I really had to think about it. This is taking too much time. It's time to retire this practice. Um, I need to pull that back out because I'm sure the things that I was appreciating you about then are just way more now. Yeah. Um, But you're also, it's weird. Like you're the same and you're totally different. I think you're a lot more different than I am now. You think I have changed more since the day we were married? Than I you think have? so. <clears throat> I'd agree with that. Yeah? Why would you agree with it? Because you said it. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Well, um, well, it seems a little bit obvious. Like, you've had five children. You've, you've created five. Well, but you've created five lives. Like, brewed them in your womb and nourished. So you think becoming a mother changes a a woman more than becoming a father changes a man? Hmm. No. I don't know. I mean, just hormonally, just biologically, it it does. I mean, just think about the... True. I I always love that one statistic you showed me. It's like, you know, you have the most hormones you'll ever have and the least amount of hormones all within like a 24 hour period. <laughs> well, and when you give birth, mm-hmm. well, and women, I don't know what it is for men, but for women in, in, uh, three times in general, in puberty in menopause and then childbirth, your brain literally reorganizes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it's so, like, I don't think that happens for men. Mm-hmm. We go through a pretty puberty, substantial change in puberty, yeah. Well, yeah, but not in, not in childbirth. Childbirth or like even older age, it doesn't seem like. Yeah. I mean, there's kind of a slow, like your testosterone levels go down, but that's over a longer period of time. It's not like so drastic as mm-hmm. I think it is for women mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. So that would make sense. Yeah. I would say like you're definitely, you have a lot more, uh, or over the years, it's definitely seen you, uh, uh, not ambition, but goals and stuff like that. I mean, everything from becoming a doula to, um, mama bloom to, you know, creative coach. It seems like you're, you've tried, you've tried a lot, a lot of things. I guess that's too, probably as, as you've kind of come out of sort of being one of the main caretaker of our kids and stuff like that too. You have more freedom, more space maybe. Yeah. I mean, there was no 
not a lot of space for anything else mm-hmm. because of our choice around family yeah. and business. Um, yeah. I feel like I've changed the most over the last couple of years. Yeah. How so? Why, why the last couple of years? Uh, just because of the suffering mm-hmm. that, you know, we've collectively experienced personally, um, I mean, suffering changes people. Hmm. You learn, you grow, like you grow from suffering. And I think I've just had a whole lot of that compacted in the last two, two and a half years. Yeah. Do you so. think COVID was something that kind of was the onslaught of that? Or is that like just in, like, was it outside of that too? Uh, I think. I think it started in 2015 when we moved to the east side. Oh, true, yeah. And the, like, the COVID and the lockdown was kind of the... Just a punch in the face. <laughs> it, was, it was like the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. Um, of my internal world. Mm-hmm. Uh, that forced me into a lot of growth and reality and self-awareness and all very good processes but but I definitely feel like a different person than mm-hmm. I was back then do you have a sense of like kind of where you are in that whole process now or is that kind of is st- you still feel like you're kind of in the middle of that mm, well I think <clears throat> since May of this year I've been a little bit like upside down again why may I probably should know this <laughs> <laughs> uh, because of what we discovered about you and our marriage in May <laughs> do you want to jump into just, that right now or just, do you want to wait, I mean, wait well I mean, you asked so I'm uh, sure. I did. <laughs> well, we can so jump into it I'm I, answering I, I, the question I don't know if that's like you know minute 45 type material or is this uh, <laughs> do we want to <laughs> I feel kind of back in the wash cycle yeah. a bit. Um, I definitely feel like I've hit another low mm-hmm. mental health wise. It's a good way to put it back in the wash cycle. Mm-hmm. You're, you're disoriented. You're being tossed around. Sometimes you're right side up and you feel like you're getting cleansed. And other times you feel like you're upside down and getting drowned. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what May definitely felt like hmm. for me. Um, what was the original question? I'm <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, there will be growth and wisdom, I hope, from the last couple of years. Yeah, I think there will be. I think there already is. Thank you. Um, but you've grown a lot too. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was really, so you, Allison, you posted on Instagram today, a bunch of old photos of the two of you. And there was one photo that you posted that was, I assume like the year you got married. It was our honeymoon. It's your honeymoon. And you both, well, you kind of reminded me of your children. Hmm. 
or, or maybe your children remind me of you then, you know, I didn't know y'all then, but, um, maybe that's, maybe that's one of the reasons I say that this, that, that a 20 year anniversary is worth celebrating. And it's not about having lasted longer than other people. It's like you were kids Mm -hmm. and you, and look at you now you've grown together. You, you're, you're visibly older, but you're more mature and wise and you have much more evidence of your mark on the world and in the world, whether it's your, you know, the businesses that you've started or the children that you've had, the relationships that you forged along the way. And the constant in all of that has been the two of you Mm -hmm. in this world and, and to look back and see you as two young people and to see you now, like that's a really beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And it would be beautiful, you know, perhaps of a pair of friends or of a brother and a sister, but the two of you, there's something, there's something about a marriage which is generative in a way that other relationships aren't. Mm-hmm. And to see the fruits of your relationship and to see you both growing older together is just a wonderful thing. Hmm. Like, cheers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks. <clears throat> yeah, we were young. And, I mean, it's weird to think, too, that our brains weren't fully formed, even. And so, in some ways, we like we're wired together. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that's. I mean, I was twenty-two. You were twenty-four. Yeah. Definitely didn't feel like a grown-up until maybe at least twenty-seven. <laughs> Do you feel like a grown-up now? <laughs> uh, more more so than I ever have. Mm. I wonder if we ever actually feel like grown-ups because I turned forty. Uh, two months ago and on that day I thought shit I should be a grown up now (laughs) like can't really fight that anymore Uh but I still don't feel like a grown up I still feel like a a kid in a lot of ways who's just having to pretend to be a grown up totally well there's probably an aspect of that that's really healthy like you hear lots of people talking about maintaining your childlike wonder and Mm -hmm. that kind of thing yeah um but I mean in terms of immaturity like you're not immature thank you yeah Yeah, I'm totally mature too I just I don't feel like growing (laughs) up in that like I don't I don't know what I'm doing Mm -hmm. I'm just waking up every day and winging it <laughs> right. mostly you know and sometimes like I run into the realization that like oh no actually you've got some learnings that are helping you out here like you know you have experience um, but mostly I'm just trying to figure it out yeah in the same way that I was trying to figure it out you know day one of sixth grade when I walked into a public school for the first time like, I don't know where my classrooms are. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to talk to people. I don't understand my body. You know, it's like a lot of that's still true. <laughs> so true. 
That's like, I got hair on my penis. <laughs> Whoa. <What's going> on? <laughs> what rating is this episode? <laughs> oh, is this supposed to be a PG-13 rating? <laughs> no. I like the other ones. No. We're in the Wild West. We're in podcast land. There are no ratings. There are no ratings. Yeah. 20 years of marriage and the hairy penis episode. <laughs> We think of uh, my friend Hannah Stoney used to tell a story about her grandma when she was really old and was like, The problem with getting old is that you don't feel old, hmm. like in your mind and in your insides, you feel like you, but your body gives way to time and gravity. And, um, but she's like, But on my inside, I don't feel like a you know, 70 year old woman. Yeah. Do y'all, do y'all feel that like a continuity of self over time? Um, say more about that. Well, like your grandmother says, like you don't feel old. You just feel like you it's like, there's like, there's some continuity between the you that was five and the you that was 14 and the you that was 30 in mm. 80 mm-hmm. and it's like I'm still me whatever that hell that means you know but I I feel I feel continuity in myself over all the years mm-hmm. like even when you say well what did you say it's like you you told me I've ma- I'm mature mm-hmm. and part of me like my initial response that I didn't, didn't say out loud was kind of like yeah but I think I've always been mature Hmm. Like even when I was a little kid. Sure. I was kind of like... Old soul. Maybe. Or maybe just like type A personality. Right. Sure. But you have a good job. You take care of three children. Mm-hmm. You pay bills. You, I mean, you do the adult things of life. Right. And I know some adults that don't Mm. or choose not to or whatever. So I don't know. I just feel like sorry, that's just a tangent, but back to yourself. I, I do feel a sense of continuity. And it's almost like a, like it refines over time. Mm-hmm. My sense of self. Um, it's like things that I like, ways of being in the world that I needed to just survive, or that I thought I needed to survive, or may not that may not have been like parts of my truer essence of myself. But like those, over time, get. Um, fall away or taken off Hmm. and so there's a self that has always been there that I think emerges over time yeah that's a good way to put it emerges it's like I think about who was this like Da Vinci or somebody who who Michelangelo Michelangelo talk what do you know the quote yeah oh no I was thinking of the uh, the the um the statue that's inside the marble. Yeah. Oh, it's that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. 
Yeah, basically, it's just that he sees he sees what's inside the marble, but it's just a matter of like knocking off all the excess, R- removing what shouldn't be there. What shouldn't be there? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, does the statue emerge from the block of marble, mm-hmm. or is it crafted mm-hmm. by the artist? It's like both and. Yeah. Yeah, I love that part. So you emerge by process of refinement, actually, to use your word. Mm-hmm. That's what refining is. Refining is to remove what shouldn't be there or isn't desirous mm-hmm. in, right. in order to clarify what you would like to remain. Right. And I think choosing to stay married is a huge contributor to the refinement process. Hmm. I think it's one of the benefits. Yeah, I think so too. Even though it's painful and unpleasant. Hmm. Um, To have a person that you keep living life with no matter (laughs) (laughs) what's making you chuckle. (laughs) A person you keep living life with. There's something in that statement. Well, I'm just going to keep doing this. <laughs> it's like there's an aspect of that. Like as a neg- like a negative. Well, a negative and a positive. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Like I. <clears throat> I don't know if I can tie this thought together, but I'll try. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've been really kind of enamored with this idea that you have to do something like as a. Um, a conscious being you can't escape it like you 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 your consciousness emerges from sleep in the morning it's like you wake up now you're awake and you have to do something even if it's just lay in bed with your thoughts it's like you don't get to opt out of life unless you commit suicide i suppose but it's like you have to keep doing something it's like you know, sharks don't ever stop swimming. Mm. It's like, because of our consciousness, we don't ever get to not do things. And so to keep doing something is like a really fundamental aspect of being a human. And to choose to keep doing something with another person, what's like you wake up and at least there's something you know, something you rely on, other than your own sense of self, hopefully, and some sense of continuity of self. But to keep doing something with someone else. It's like it contains all of the frustrations and disappointments and unpleasantries and pain of life, but it also contains all of the hope and joy and pleasure. It's like the extremes come together and then it's reliable. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you want it to be reliable day to day or not, it's like, I keep doing this, mm-hmm. which is a statement of hope. Which is interesting. It seems like <clears throat> the way you're staying, saying that, it's like, I feel like our modern culture would <clears throat> almost like, like that's a, that's more of a negative thing that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, if something is unpleasant then you, you you must seek what is pleasurable, you know, where actually, you know, you know, Alice and I have been through a lot of things, both, you know, business, financial, <clears throat> kids, you know, there's a lot of up and da- ups and downs and all that. And it's like, 
but there's something really valuable that comes out of that sort of you know the struggle in life that you do together you know both the, the good the joys and the and the hardships and stuff mm-hmm. and and I think that's something that it's especially in our modern age is you can sort of opt out hypothetically or theoretically you know that you can sort of opt out of this of the hard of the hard stuff you know but really what you're just doing is you're postponing that because you need those you know like pain as information uh you need that sort of refining. You need somebody who's by your side. You know, it's like whether you know marriage or a friend or whatever. That's that has that sort of like like you're talking about the continuity of self. You know, if you're always around somebody new every year, you know, a whole new set of friends. It's like it's like they don't have a continuity of your like who you are. You know, mm-hmm. and so I think it's easier to hide. You know, or easier to jump around and not and not really go through the things that you need to go through to actually grow um i think that's why especially in marriage you know you're with the same person you know for us for 20 years and so you know allison see me my lowest and then my highest and you know it's like and it's sort of there's a there's sort of a reminder of all of that that solar whole continuity of self you know yeah um but it's good to have that you know but it's also very exposing and uh and it's a it's sort of a record <laughs> you know that <laughs> you know it's like this person knows all of that you know and it'd be easiest to just hide from that kind of stuff and it's really that's that's i don't think that's very healthy you know before mm-hmm. we grew up in these communities <clears throat> you know small towns probably experience this more than larger cities is like everybody knows everything about everybody <clears throat> so there's actually a continuity of self that's that's held within the community also and you know, there's times where you have to kind of break, they, like your community won't allow you to be something different and you have to sort of like break into that. And that's also something that is, you know, the same idea of like, was well, a chick has to learn how to like peck out of its uh, shell in order to have the strength in order to survive. But if someone just went over there and just broke the shell open and let the chick out, the chick would die. And so there's a, there's that part that you kind of need sort of like that community to sort of push push against as well as to help you thrive you know Mm. Uh, i think marriage definitely represents that in a very intimate specific way you know and then you throw kids in the mix in there and all that kind of stuff it's yeah you know does that make sense Mm -hmm. yeah but Mm. so i I think it's i think it's really just a i think it's a beautiful thing it kind of makes me sad that when people look at marriage and they're like, oh, it's all hard stuff. And it's like, or it sucks or it's this kind of stuff. It's like, it's like, no, that's actually part of the good stuff is like, it, it is hard, but that's good for you. <laughs> it's like, you, you need that, you know, it's positive. Yeah. When you were talking <clears throat> earlier about the unpleasantries and, and observing that there is something about our culture that says, that you shouldn't encounter unpleasantries in your life, mm-hmm. which puts you into a really difficult position if you adopt that that line of thinking, yeah. because you're going to encounter unpleasantries. But if you if you internalize this idea that you shouldn't, yeah, well then the unpleasantry is unnatural, mm-hmm. which means that it must be something which is inflicted on you by someone else, or I'm failing. If this is unpleasant, then I am failing. Then or I'm failing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
and, and usually some perverse combination of both, mm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, the logical result of either analysis, someone is, I'm being put on by someone, or it's my own failure. So what's the result? Well, I need to either take my revenge on other people to get them to stop subjecting me to these unnatural unpleasantries, or I need to take revenge on myself for being a failure. Hmm. Like, there's no good that comes from either of those analyses. Yeah. And that's a really interesting, I think, existential point that, like, if you, ana- if you analyze something and the only possible result of it is negative, is your analysis true? Hmm. And maybe we don't have to, like, sort of unpack all of that, but, you know, I think the antidote to that is something like, no life is unpleasant Mm -hmm. in the natural order of things go camping you'll find (laughs) out you know so it isn't necessarily someone else being you know putting putting you on or or your own failure it's it's something that you have to contend with Mm -hmm. and i think actually marriage probably helps you see that a little bit more clearly because you choose to, to keep doing life with this person is to reject the idea that any unpleasantry in your life is solely the result of yourself or that other person. It's like, no, there's a third option here, which is we can keep doing life together. We can, in some sense, externalize the unpleasantry and face it together Mm. and agree that it's not me and it's not you. It's also you, it's also me. But it's (laughs) like not only you and me. It's externalized. Mm -hmm. You know, it's this sort of like us against the world kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So maybe there is something about marriage that helps you see the world in a more productive way. Because if you, so we talked a couple of episodes back about this post on Instagram that really bothered me that said something like maybe, uh, what was it? Maybe the love of your life mm. or spending a lifetime loving someone isn't realistic and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that puts you in a really bad position because it's like, well, if I experience too much unpleasantry, then it's probably your fault and I'm just going to remove you. Mm-hmm. It's like that's the beginning of a worldview which is pathological in that that analysis only ends in something bad. And that's not to say uh, that there aren't relationships that should end. Yeah, totally. Right? Totally. But... Right. If you can attach yourself to someone and say, let's keep living life together, it seems like that puts you in a position or an orientation in which you can be successful at navigating life in a way that is more likely to be successful than if you adopt whatever the alternative position is. What's the kind of same idea of like, you know, you know, you wake up in the morning, like, you know, let's say just 10,000 years ago. Uh, I was just, I just saw this guy talk about this. Uh, I don't know who the guy is, but, uh, it's like, you didn't wake up in the morning. It's like, Oh, look at the beautiful sunset. Today's going to be a great day. It's like you walk out of your cave or whatever. And you're like, is anything going to kill me? Hmm. You know, I have to find food today. Mm-hmm. 
you know, there's all these sort of like more immediate needs. You know, I think that's something that, you know, that's kind of just true in general that we've kind of lost a little bit in our sort of modern conveniences is that, no, actually, fundamentally, the world is hard. But then, you know, it's like there's this part that we also get to experience where like you have a newborn child, you know, it's like, what the hell? This thing, you know, it's like these amazing moments that kind of come out of all of this. And it's like, I think for me, it kind of makes that more, um, it, it, it just kind of emphasizes like it being worth like living and stuff like that. <laughs> <You're> gonna... <laughs> no, I'm just looking up a quote. Oh. <clears throat> I mean, there's the age old quote about two are better than one. It's like there's some really inherent benefits in being. United with another person, mm-hmm. and there's also cost to that too. Mm. But the benefits outweigh the cost ultimately. I think. Well, I think the beautiful thing is that the cost is actually the parts that are peeled away in order to refine you. The, in some sense, the parts don't belong. Like, you have to let go of the parts of you that aren't you. It's like, you you said you emerge. Mm-hmm. Whoever it is that you are has been emerging. And I think the parts that you let go, that's part of the cost that you pay. And you could look at it as a cost. <coughs> and generally, we think of the word cost as a negative. And, I'm, and maybe I'm trying to propose that things worth paying for... <clears throat> The cost is the part of the marble block that isn't the statue. Hmm. Yeah. It doesn't make it easy, though. No. And there's always the temptation to be like, I'm done. No more chopping. <laughs> no more chipping away at this. Yeah. You know. Um, well, but, you know, it's like you don't look at the, the statue of David and, you know, mourn for the pieces of rock that aren't there anymore. You know? <laughs> That's true. It's like, you know, it's like, what about the scraps? <laughs> what happened to them? Do you just... No, but also you can't look at... I mean, you also can't conceptualize marriage as this final product statue. It's no. always, it's never not going to be a process. Right, because we're not statues. Yeah. We're in the process of becoming. We're in the process of emerging. Yeah. And, you know, whatever heaven is, is like the final product. Mm-hmm. We can't really conceptualize it because we can't really conceptualize anything outside of time. But the best we can do is say, well, there's a place called heaven. And that's not even right because it's not a place because there's no such thing as a place outside of time. This doesn't fit, you know, but if the process of becoming ever becomes became, then that's what heaven is. Mm-hmm. 
That's the, that's the David the, statue. The product. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so how, you know, how refined could you be? Mm. You know, what if you didn't say, I'm done being chopped until you were done being chopped? <laughs> like literally done, like done, like I've been perfected. This marriage has been perfected. You know, again, it's like a concept that you can't really conceptualize because yeah. it's only at the at the end is the right. is the completion of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. What do you think about that? <laughs> uh, it makes me think of uh, our, my friend Erin when her grim one of her grandparents died, and they had been married for you know however many years over 50, 60 years. And she was commenting on the grief of not just losing her grandparent, but the loss of the marriage, Hmm. like grieving the marriage itself. This is your friend whose grandparents both died? No, like one of them died. Okay. And, you know, one partner's gone. Right, but the marriage marriage itself. Mm -hmm. How did she conceptualize that, do you think? Like, what does that mean, the loss of a marriage? Um, I mean, the partnership's gone. The the space created by the two people together hmm. is not the same. Hmm. I think we, we experienced that, too, with the loss of your dad. You know, the beach house without Mickey... It was the same, but it was not the same. Yeah, totally. Their marriages, because their marriage was not present. Mm-hmm. It's not just that he wasn't present. Mm-hmm. It's also that their marriage wasn't present. Mm-hmm. It's like the way they related to each other. That relationship becomes a third entity somehow. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really, really painful, obviously for Marilyn, but you know, for the rest of us too. Um, and, and it changed our responsibility, our our ways of interacting as a family, without their marriage being the central whatever you know, the central underpinning or underpinning foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it changed. It, mm-hmm. It's different. No, it totally makes sense. It's it definitely you you see the whole religious idea of like two becoming one. It's like that was something that was that's really fascinating and amazing about it is that you know, when you do, you know, have this sort of lifelong commitment, you actually kind of you know, a piece of you is sliced off over time and like, you know, Allison holds a lot of me in her. You know, mm-hmm. it's like a lot of like we offload like whether it be responsibilities or perspectives or you know you you offload that into your 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 partner and it's your spouse and it's and you know whenever like you see see with my mom is like you know my dad passed away is like you know there was it wasn't just that my dad passed away but a certain part of my mom Mm -hmm. passed away with him and i think that i think that's that's the that's the beauty of marriage, but it's also, I think that's the hard thing about marriage too, is like you're actually offloading a part of yourself into another person, you Mm -hmm. know, and vice versa, you know? So you do, 
so you, you can say like there's you know here's Michael and Allison but there's also like us you know yeah in which is not Michael or Allison <laughs> I don't remember who it was but there's a name for that and it's called transactional memory hmm. mm-hmm. and it's the idea that when you are in a long-term relationship with someone generally in an intimate relationship a marriage there are things in your like memories that are functional to you that you no longer have to carry because the other person carries them mm-hmm. and like a a simple example of that is like you know a, a husband doesn't have to necessarily remember what time the kids football game is on Friday because his wife remembers it mm-hmm. you know but there's so like the minutia of life the complexity of life is so complex such that <clears throat> when you live 20 years with somebody you know day to day intimately with shared goals a shared life you're you're keeping living with each other you know in a way that i don't think is applicable to like roommates or mm-hmm. even families it's like <clears throat> there are things that the other person knows and you know it too, but you only know it because they know it. Mm-hmm. And you don't realize the things in your life that are functional, the, the, the scaffolds that are in your life that are holding things up. Mm-hmm. But if you remove that part of your memory, a.k.a. that person dies, um, things can deteriorate for you really quickly. Mm-hmm. Because there's a whole half of you, literally half of you. It's not like an analogy or a metaphor. It's like there literally is half of you that's contained in that other person that you don't have access to anymore. Yeah. And we see that with Michael's mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very difficult. <clears throat> yeah. And so again, I can see why it makes sense. Like, why would you set yourself up? <laughs> <laughs> so, for to, that. Yeah. Yeah. To like lose yourself. Hmm. Um, it seems like a part of it too is like it's like you actually get to be become more than what you're actually capable of in and of yourself Mm -hmm. you know it's like yeah because much of that you couldn't have known without the other person Mm -hmm. right I mean our life wouldn't be what it is obviously without the both of you yeah yeah because I remember telling my mom I was like I'm not getting married I'm not having kids you told your mom that? Oh, yeah. I was like, I mean, it was, it was very certain of it. It was just sort of like... Sounds like something you would have said. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, probably, you know, again, I've said this on the podcast a lot, but like, you know, the three greatest things that's happened to me is like marrying Allison, having kids, and owning a business, you know, as far as like, just really um, in that order. <laughs> I just love that idea that you could arrive at a point in your life and say something like, the best things that have happened to me, I explicitly said I didn't want. Yeah, <laughs> totally. At some point earlier, uh-huh. you know. Yeah, I would have been a monk or uh, an academic in the ivory tower type thing, or or something like that. I would have just been often theoretical land, probably. <laughs> well, and you wouldn't have been unhappy, Mm-mm. but you also would have no idea the amount of happiness that you were missing. Well, I mean, yeah, now I can look back on it and be like, oh, wow, I would not have been, I would not be the man that I am today without without those things. Mm-hmm. Like, 
and I don't think there's no way to experience that without having that you know there's I mean you can't theoretically do that yeah <laughs> it's like you have to practically you know commit and mm. and you know kind of speak into reality or act into reality those things because you can't have them without without action without right um, some sort of commitment such an interesting statement there, there are things you can't have without committing to have them and you can't know to want them unless you commit to have them uh-huh well, it's like even then, it's like those things are embedded in our cultures and religions and stuff like that. And we've kind of thrown a lot of that out the out the door, you know, as far as like, you know, the value of marriage and having a family, you know, and taking responsibility. It's like uh, for your community or for your neighbor or whatever it might be. It's like these things were, have kind of been embedded in cultures and religions and stuff. And there's a reason for that. It's because there's a reason why there's stories like Peter Pan, you know, know, who's always running from that sort of growing up, you know, it's like, it's actually detrimental to you. And so like our forefathers and foremothers have passed on these histories and these um, axioms that say, no, it is good for you to sacrifice. It's good for you to commit to relationships, to your community, you know, it's to to form family and this is what family looks like and there's a reason why that's the case you know Mm. and sometimes in our modern conveniences we can kind of lose that that perspective or that idea and why it's actually valuable sometimes we have to actually lose it (laughs) you know in order for us to then you know come back and, and discover the same thing that has been lost and discovered and lost. Don't it always seem to go, <laughs> you don't know what you've got till it's gone. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. By, uh, yeah, this, this is great. By strength and submission has already been discovered once or twice, several times by men and women who cannot hope to emulate, but the only, Oh shoot. Now I messed that up. Anyways, it was a TSL like post. <laughs> My phone keeps going off on it. <laughs> but there is that idea of like we we continue to discover the things that have been already to discovered. Us. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we have to discover them again mm-hmm. afresh every single time. Hmm. Do you feel like the two of you in twenty <clears throat> in the twenty years you've been in union have there been times when you've rediscovered? each other rediscovered your marriage it's really weird again I I think Allison probably needs to speak to this more than for me but I think we've kind of had different experiences of that and and I think that's been kind of I think that's been very interesting to see like I, I think for me Like there's a lot more, I guess there's, there's a kind of a stability in it, you know, that I've, I've always found. And it's like, but I think it's been, I think it's been different for you. I think you've kind of had a, had a different journey with all that. Mm-hmm. So your, your answer to his question is for you, not so much, like not stages of discovery. I feel like I've, for me, it's been more progression 
you know, it's like, it's like, like moving into something deeper and greater and deeper and greater, you know, uh, constant discovery. Yeah. It's, it's something that it's not surprising to me, you know, as far as like, well, that's hard to say because it's surprising because you have never experienced it before, but it's almost like, it's like, I almost expect to be surprised or to be, you know, it's like hmm. that. I don't know what tomorrow brings. I don't know what your are you know, 25 of marriage is going to be like, you know, it's like, that's, that's something that I have not experienced yet, you know? But what has surprised you? <laughs> Always the first thing that comes to my mind is like that you've, uh, that you've, uh, stuck around with me for this long. <laughs> <laughs> like in my mind, like in my mind, it's like, it's like, I'm with you. I've got, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. So it's like, but on the other side of us, I'm always like, well, why are you still with me though? <laughs> it's like, it makes sense to me. Like why I'm with you. It's like, it's like, hmm. you're awesome and amazing. And, and, uh, you know, it's like, you know, even from the first time I met you, it's sort of like, I was watching you with all these people and like how you were, you know, just, welcome people into your into your apartment and I was just like just thought that that was just really amazing and so it's like I always think like yeah I think I think that's part of it it's like more of like that yeah I don't know if that makes sense like I'm more surprised that you're with me than I'm with you You're like, I agree. <laughs> Do you, Michael, remember uh -huh. the first time you realized you were in love with Allison? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, well, that's a great story. Uh, so I wasn't going to get married. But at some point, I was like, I, I opened the question up. If I was going to get married, what kind of wife would I want? And am I the man that would attract that kind of woman. <laughs> like that was the question that went into my head. So it's mm -hmm. like, so I started asking people, I asked my mom, I asked my dad. I was very practical Perry. about the matter. I know it really was. <laughs> so I was asking like, like, like what is, what is marriage? You know, it's like, why, why would I want to get married? You know, it's like for me on the outside, it's like, didn't look, didn't make sense. It's like, I see all these unhappy people and stuff like that. And like, uh, you know, so I started, so I started looking and like, it's like, well, what, what would I like in a wife, you know, or something like that. And anyway, so, um, <clears throat> that was, a, I, I can, I totally remember. I can see the picture in my head of, of Allison at her apartment. When I, some point when I was started asking that question is like, well, what would I want in a wife? And am I that man who would attract that type of woman? And I remember watching Allison just talking to everybody and preparing some food and everyone's feeling and she was like going around to everyone and making sure everyone's good and stuff and you're behind your counter in our Duncan Lane house and I was like that's I think that's something I would like but it wasn't like Allison it was like the idea of what she was doing so Allison was my friend and I didn't want to ruin our friendship but I, never, I didn't think of her in that way and but like a light came on you were like Wait, there's the embodiment mm -hmm. of the answer to my question. Yeah, that's it's being acted out right here, mm -hmm. you know. And then obviously, like, it's like uh, I liked, you know, Jim and Carrie were really <clears throat> influential in our lives. And something I always like really took on was like uh, uh, Carrie. At one point, was just sort of like, yeah, there was about seven years where I did not like Jim, 
I was like, you didn't like Jim, your husband, for seven years? <laughs> but she was saying it so matter-of-factly, and Jim was just nodding his head like, yeah, I was kind of an ass. Hmm. You know, it was just like, but there's something for me that was beautiful about that. Like, it just like, it was just like, oh, wow. It's like, you're committing yourself to somebody that you might go through years. Hmm. You might not like them. Hmm. You know, like that's, to me, that was just so impressive. I was just, I don't know. And it's just really beautiful about that. Um, and then, uh, uh, then, <laughs> well, I mean, what really set it off. So Alice and I were good friends for about, you know, two years. Like we do a lot of things together. And then, uh, I went and watched her tango show. We've gone to a couple of her shows that she would do. She was a dancer and, uh, we went to our tango still show. Still is. <laughs> Word. Word. And, uh, and I was like, oh, she's hot. <laughs> like it was the first time I saw her like more like, oh wow, she's kind of hot. And then that kind of was like, well, maybe her? Like, so then it was like, I think it was a couple months after that, that I, uh, uh, we were at our Metro espresso bar, uh, coffee shop where we used to hang out, which is now our Medici Guadalupe store, which is badass. <laughs> you know, that's mine now. <laughs> it's mine now. Uh, Allison, I asked Allison if she'd drive me home, and so uh, <laughs> it is kind of sorry. I don't want to interrupt you, but it's pretty romantic. It's like an important place in your relationship. Mm-hmm. You bought. That's us at Metro. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Oh, yeah. It's similar uh-huh. to the picture I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you look like babies. Very young. Mm-hmm. Well, you look kind of the same. <laughs> I look like a baby. Yeah. It's so weird. So, anyways, I, I took Allison home. Or, no, she took me to my to where I, I lived in a house with, like, 10 guys who technically lived there, but 15 who probably actually lived there. <laughs> and uh, we were sitting out front, and I was just sitting there, and I was just like, Oh shoot! I'm gonna tell this girl that I like her. It's like for me in my mind, it was like 15 minutes before I actually said something. But I'm just sitting in her car, and I was like, "It's probably like 10 seconds." Probably like 10 seconds exactly. No, it was it was a bit. Was <laughs> you think I remember? I was, a, I, was <laughs> I don't know exactly what I said, but basically it was like, "Hey, Allison, I like you, but I don't want to just date you. Like, I'd like to like see where this goes, but more like in a in a serious way." And it was really probably that sort of, it was basically that Frank. So you'd mm-hmm. probably be better to hear her side of that story. <laughs> well, before clarifying that mm-hmm. side of the story, same question to you, Allison. Do you remember the point at which you realized you were in love with Michael? It wasn't in the car when I was talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> there was a moment when I realized... we would be really good partners in life. Um, it was at the Bohemian Night. Oh, yeah. The At that same house. they Michael, you had organized Bohemian Night, right? So they had invited a bunch of people from the coffee shop, all these random friends. It was poetry reading and music and whatever. It was badass. It was really badass. Like reading. <laughs> Sounds like the late 90s. <laughs> Um, <laughs> totally. It was very cool. And, <coughs> well, no, that was 2001. Mm. Right? Yeah. Yeah, because we started dating in 2001. 2000, yeah. Um, yeah, and this was like a couple days after the car conversation where you had said, specifically the first words out of your mouth were, 
hey, Allison, I need to tell you something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember because the night before I had a dream where he said that exact thing to me hmm. in my dream. And then in the car, there was the awkward silence and he was not getting out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, hey, Allison, I need to tell you something. Like the exact thing he said in my dreams. So that's obviously like not a thing you ignore. But a couple days later was the Bohemian night party. Wait, hold on a second. So when we're in the car, like, uh, so we decided to take a couple of days to think about it and kind of pray or whatever. And like, and we met up at Pacha, and that's kind of when we officially started dating. Pacha coffee. Pacha coffee. Yeah. Rat rip. Everything Pacha. happens around coffee shops for us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So in your memory, what did he say to you that night? Hey, Allison, I have to tell you something. And then basically what he said, you know, like, I'm, I'm interested in you and do you want to pursue dating? And because we come from a, you know, we were in a very Christian culture and there were very clear values around what that meant. And I knew Michael didn't date, I didn't date. And so him asking, it's like we knew, I knew what that meant hmm. when he asked. I knew it was not like. Whatever happens now is like not, (laughs) it was not that, it was like, oh, okay, this is like. Clear intention. We're going (laughs) to, like the courtship. Yeah. Yeah. You know. um, We're going to see if we might get married. We're going to see if we're going to, if we're like compatible as life partners. Yeah. And then a couple days later, the Bohemian Night Party and one of the women that we both had befriended and was like a really special friend, Mm -hmm. she wrote a poem and dedicated it to both of us. This was before anybody knew that we were dating or hmm. were a thing. Yeah, we didn't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah. She surprise, wrote a surprise. poem and dedicated it to y'all not knowing that y'all were courting. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And Nitty. Nitty. Mm-hmm. Nitty Sunny. Mm-hmm. Um, there was and there was something in that moment that I knew that Michael and I were going to be able to do like big things in life hmm. together that we were just really compatible and he was a really good listener super smart really servant hearted like mm-hmm. just always willing to help people um yeah just steady and responsible and wanted to do things in life and wanted to do big things in life like had ambition and had a good family and it's like yeah it's the kind of guy i want to do life with hmm. and we kissed for the first time that night and somebody walked out and saw us kissing and like <gasps> You too? <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. Yeah. And that's where it came out that we were dating. So <laughs> You were outed. <clears throat> yep. And then two weeks later, he left for Italy. Yep. For a and month. And I left for, for, for Chile. And the and emails, emails started. happened. Uh-huh. Yeah. The emails happened. Yeah, she went to Chile for... So I, I went to Italy for three weeks. 
And the day I came back, she was leaving. We were going to have a possible like 45 minute like. I don't think that was possible. I think I you know. like to tell that and make it dramatic. Because, because I don't it really was think actually, that was real. No, I definitely know that was real. But Jay and I missed our flight. And so that we, had, we showed up a little bit later. So anyways, then she was gone for two months. And so we didn't see each other until like July or August. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I remember telling my dad in August, like, I'm going to marry this girl. Mm-hmm. And it was a little bit more probably drawn out than that. But basically, that was it. And then uh asked him how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> how do I marry someone? <laughs> basically. And then we uh, we got engaged on November 7th. And then uh, we got married on the following July. July 13th. Yeah. So you only dated for like, what? five six months six months basically we dated for seven months Mm -hmm. we were engaged for eight Mm -hmm. yeah it's beautiful Mm -hmm. yeah it was well Maui and I just knew it's like it's like this is the girl I want to marry and this you know Mm -hmm. do this thing with yeah (laughs) I mean looking back I realize you also felt very safe yeah to me because you are so steady of temperament like you're very steady you know you know in some ways a lot like my dad but bonus you were also happy (laughs) (laughs) it was like a steady happy yeah that felt like so safe to me and that has not changed yeah but maybe a little bit irritating sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now Every, I know. Everyone's irritating sometimes. Yeah, I have, now I have more information. I know that you <laughs> <laughs> I understand. See things more clearly. And the rather inhuman capacity to never be in a bad mood. Um, <laughs> that is true. I can think of one time I've known Michael to be in a bad mood, but I couldn't give you any specifics about it. It's just like See, I think curious. it happened it? once. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it happened once. Uh huh. Yeah. So, does twenty years feel like? Well, does it feel like a milestone? Does it feel like a? Have you felt it as a point of inflection or reflection? Do we answer first? Go ahead. Uh, I mean, just honestly, not so much for me. Like, it, which is kind of it's kind of weird for me. Like this, like this is twenty years. This is like a. But at the same time, I don't. It's like. It's like this. A. Uh, it sounds so stupid, but it's like, like I'm in it till I die. So it's like, <laughs> it's, it's like twenty years is like just the start, you know? Yeah. <laughs> You, but in general, you don't orient around thresholds or occasions or like small markers and that kind of yeah, stuff. It's yeah, it's just not your way in mm-hmm. general. Yeah. So it makes sense to me that that would. I mean, do you have like a feeling of, <clears throat> you know, twenty years ago, you you saw the answer to your question 
if I was going to get married, who would that person be? What would that be like? And then you saw that acted out mm-hmm. and then you approached it and you propositioned it. And then you asked for guidance from your father. Like, how do I do this mm-hmm. thing that I said I didn't want to do, but now I see it and I want it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and do you have a feeling like here you are 20 years later, you're like, does it feel to you like I did it and it's working? Mm-hmm. It's going. It's like the engine's running. Holy shit. I think that the thing that, that I didn't realize how valuable and important it actually was. Like, you know, it's hard for me because like when I say these things, I, I say it very lightly. Like marrying Allison and having kids has been the best thing that's ever happened to me. It's like, I don't think you say that lightly. And I, I, but again, I, I, I can kind of sometimes come across like that. It's like, but I really can't think of any, well, the kids just kind of more happened and came out, but there still is a decision. <laughs> it came out. So it's like, I'll, maybe I'll just start with like Allison. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, I can't imagine any other decision I've made in my life that's been better. Hmm. Like everything else is just sort of like, you know, you know, it's like Medici can come and go. It's like, you know, most businesses come and go, you know, yeah. it's like, but I think, you know, I would <laughs> definitely, I don't think I, I'm just very thankful that, uh, that this has happened. You know, it's like, it's like even through the, all the ups and downs and hard things, it's like, it's like, I don't know, there's nobody else I'd rather be with in all these things. <laughs> you know, it's like, because it's the thing is like, it's like life is, life is hard. Life is struggle. Life is pain, you know, but there's also so much beauty and it's like, you can either experience that with somebody or you can experience it alone. And it's like, it's like, I'm glad <laughs> we're doing this. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's not that if like Alice and I, you know, we're not married. It's like, Oh good. I get to escape all that sort of pain and suffering. Hmm. It's like, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> it's like if you can find somebody to walk through that with like that's really the yeah I wonder if you asked any given person would you trade pain for loneliness mm. if anyone would say yeah or I superficiality would. or whatever it might be you know it's mm. like like if you if you could have an endless party or you know <laughs> well it's like would you rather feel pain or be numb mm. like um a friend of our family's woman friend of my parents um had an adverse reaction to a covid vaccine actually Hmm. and she has been for the last two years numb from her neck down she's not paralyzed but she can't feel anything and that sounds like one of the most horrific things i can imagine almost more horrific than being paralyzed like, I think I'd rather be paralyzed and feel than not be paralyzed and feel nothing. Like, I think I'd rather feel pain than feel nothing. Mm. And I think that's something mm. similar to, well, would you rather struggle with someone or be alone? Mm. And the answer to that is like, I'd rather have something as opposed to nothing. Mm. Something is better than nothing. And the, the thing is, though, like, that's not a proper analysis because relationship and marriage is, isn't just struggle. It's like 
struggle that refines and emerges. It's struggle that results in good. It bears fruit. So even if it was just struggle, it might be better than the alternative, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's a blessing. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Wow. I'm sorry, I'm still struck by her. She's numb. That's just horrible. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> I mean, th- this small bit of like losing my taste and smell and mm-hmm. still not having that mm-hmm. back 100% was so disorienting, so disturbing. Like, I cannot. I mean, it's so like depleting, like to not experience pleasure or pain. Yeah. Like, just nothing. It's awful. I hope she gets better. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so how about for you? Remind me the question we're answering. Oh, shit, I lost the question too. <clears throat> well, I think you both answered my question of when you realized you were in love. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't think either of you answered that question, but I'll accept your answer. <laughs> <laughs> So it's definitely a process and I think that's that's part of it it's like uh, there's there's some before I before Alice and I started dating I think that was one thing that I learned I kept I kept looking for this fix you know it's like uh, there's a whole other history in this area but and I kept learning that it's like there's no fix it's it's something that happens through time and it's it it happens somewhat slow like you have these breakthroughs but it's something that that is consistent and constant over time and that it's more about the process than it is about, Oh great. We're married. Everything's great. It's like, no, that's a part of the process. It's like, there's something and you can celebrate that, but there's, there's this, there's this kind of like refining process that kind of, that you have to go through and you have to, you have to like, (laughs) you have to, um, make yourself available to that process. You know, and a lot of that was through like, kind of when I went crazy to kind of coming back to sanity, you know, it was like, like I experienced that process in a very tangible, real way that I can, it's, it, I can see it so clearly that nothing can take that from me, you know? And so I also see that with marriage too. It's like, there's just, there's, it's this process that you, you can't rush and you can't, uh, you also can't, uh, run away from <laughs> it's like <clears throat> it's like you have to engage it <clears throat> and also be okay with not knowing and not understanding and sitting in the in the place of the unknown mm-hmm. on the shores <laughs> you know it's like I think again that's why I think that quote means so much to me too is like you know you have what you know and you have what you don't know and then there's a sh- the shores of ignorance it's a place you sit that's in between the knowing and not knowing. And I think Mm -hmm. marriage keeps you in that space a lot more honestly, you know? Mm -hmm. So I really like the way you said that keeps you in that space honestly, Mm -hmm. because you could be in that space somehow blindly, blindly or even, um, ignorantly, ignorantly. Well, uh, We've already said that you are in that space of ignorance. 
what's 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 prideful um you could be in that place um like boistered or ah there's a there's a word for arrogantly yeah you know it's like And but, the arrogant isn't honest. Exactly. <clears throat> and I think that's the hardest thing is like being in that place. Honestly, is the, is the, is, is, is like, I think there's something to, to strive for in that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think back to earlier, you, you had asked about like, does this feel like a, a milestone, like 20 years or. Yeah. And for me, it definitely does, but it's not so much about the number. It's more about like things that we've learned recently that I just think it's ironic. It's 20 years in. You can go into it, babe. (laughs) I don't know that we have time. No, we should save that. Probably toward the end. But for me, in a lot of ways, I'm, and again, I'm experienced I, the way I've experienced our marriage is really different than the way you have experienced it. Mm-hmm. Even though like we've had the same experience. <laughs> well, it's totally. kind of like siblings that grow up, right? Like mm-hmm. they you you have the same parents, you live this same life, but people experience it differently. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. so because of what we've come to understand recently, I feel like I'm at a point where I'm I need to like process and like reassess and re-choose hmm. yeah. even though I know for a fact I'm not leaving yeah like I feel like I, I'm in a point where I need to re-choose and I need to reckon with the patterns that have been built over the fir- these first 20 years to figure out which ones need to change um, what needs to be Built, re, or, re, or yeah. So for me, it's definitely a moment, and I feel like there's a lot to reckon with, and it feels very much like first half of marriage, next, mm. <laughs> next phase of marriage. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I'll suggest that you are <clears throat> entering the second third of your marriage. The second third. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. You've probably got 40 years of life left, 40 years of marriage left. So the second third, you're basically middle schoolers. The as, midlife phase. As far as marriage goes. Um, so I think I want, I want to ask you this question that I'm going to pull from this book <laughs> that Allison, you brought tonight. It's titled... I won't tell you what it's titled. It doesn't matter. (laughs) It's an interesting question. Um, And I think we'll wrap this episode here. But I I think the question is interesting to me because you are entering a new phase in in a very many ways. I'm not sure that that sentence was grammatically correct, but Mm. um, your children are growing. They're almost grown. They're about to start leaving the house. You are staring at the next phase of your relationship, which will be very different than the first phase. You have reached some amount, some some sort of precipice in life, both with kids and with business, with each other. You're entering a new phase. 
And it's not about 20 years, to your point. It's not about a number. But it is the place that you find yourselves. And so what would it be like to think about, you know, if we somewhat arbitrarily assigned this 20-year mark as a milestone, what would it be like to think about the next one? And so the question is, if you had to pick a dream that you could only begin to pursue once you turn 60, (laughs) what would it be? (laughs) In roughly 20 years from now. Do you want to go first? I don't know that I have an answer right now. Yeah. Do you have an answer? Well, I mean, I think for me, it's like, Like, I see, like, my 50s as sort of the golden years, you know? And, like, so kind of, like, when I when I think of my 60s, it's sort of, like, I see that as sort of passing on, you know? I think there's a lot of energy more towards passing on to the future generations, you know? And I think that's something that uh, I see Alice and I doing a lot of into the future, you know, whether it be with our grandkids or with, uh, the people that are in our lives, like, um, so I think that's something I'm really interested in, like sixties is like kind of re kind of reshifting my focus to more of like passing on rather than building. Hmm. But I still see fifties as, as a, as, as sort of like the climax of, of building, and then the 60s more as a, I mean, still working, you know, it's like, but I mean, not necessarily in a job, but like still working in, in but thinking more in a way of what I have come to build is, is, is done, but what I can do now is more support young, younger people or other people, you know, uh, you know, and that's something I've always, you know, even today see with Allison too, is like how she supports young mothers, you know, that's something that's really, I think it's really beautiful to see. And so I can see us finding something in that period of our life that, um, that we can both do, you know, as far as like passing on or supporting people. Oh, that's what that sounds sounds interesting to me, mm-hmm. and hopefully I have some money too. Allison, <laughs> <laughs> if you had to pick a dream that you had to wait to start on till you were sixty, what would it be? Mm. I mean, the only thing that, well, one of the things that's coming to my mind is that I think I have longed to travel and like to have the confidence to go adventure and explore the world and well and the resources and I think part of me has wanted to do that with our kids but it's just not feasible um, for us Mm -hmm. and probably not even practical so it's interesting for me to think like oh well what if that is actually a thing I do with my grandkids Mm-hmm. What if that's instead of you know maybe I get to 
support my kids by investing in my grandkids. Yeah, mm. definitely. I like that. I like, love that. Mm-hmm. Like maybe I can travel with them, mm-hmm. but then who? But who knows? I have no idea. Um, and then I also I think I've always liked the idea of you and I doing some kind of coaching or counseling work together mm-hmm. with people. Yeah. Because we're both so different. <laughs> totally. But I don't really know what that would even be. Y'all aren't as different as you think you are. Mm, like, really? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we're pretty different, but like, I, but we do share, I think we, we share some foundations and fundamentals that yeah. that is similar. Well, okay, so let me observe that I love that you just both gave the same answer with just different specifics. Mm. Hmm. That's true. Hmm. I'm going to cheers to you now (laughs) and say you have both individually been such a blessing in my life. Hmm. You have each individually changed my life in ways that I couldn't have ever imagined. Like, and that's the definition of a blessing. Hmm. It's not something that you want that you get. It's something that you didn't know to want and you got it. Hmm. That's both of you, but also your marriage itself has been a blessing to me. Hmm. So thank you. Thank you for keeping living life together and sharing that blessing with those around you. And I know that I'm only, I know for certain that I'm one of very many people who would say the same thing. Thank you. You're enriching the world. By the life you choose to live. Make me cry. So here's to y'all in 20 years. I love you. I love you too, man. Love you too, man. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Love you guys. Love you all out there. Yeah. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) See you guys.